Hey, Telskulls, I've got a new podcast I'd like you to try out. I'm hoping there's a Venn diagram of classic prog rock nerds and just general nerdery. There's got to be, right? Give How About This a listen, and I, I hope you like it. This is a, a couple of friends of mine that I went to college with forever ago. Take a listen to the trailer. Take a listen to their episodes. Good stuff. Stay tuned. Talk Tell to Me will be ready for you in just a moment. Thanks. Hey, podcast listeners, this is Mike and Jordan from How About This, a new podcast for all of you professional nerds out there. Do you ever wish you could pitch your version of your favorite franchise to some movie or TV producer? Do you ever find yourself asking, why don't we see video games like that anymore? Well, that's what our show is about. How About This is a fantasy pitch show for our favorite things. Whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, or comics. Books, tabletop games, theme parks, you name it. How About This is taking a deep dive into the hypothetical futures of of the most interesting pieces of entertainment out there. So if you like this kind of thing, be sure to check the podcatcher of your choice every Thursday for brand new episodes. That all starts with a simple suggestion. How about this? Flounder and Dab. Set your fare rates for maximum. Prepare your minds to be tested on the knowledge. And do you mind if we stop off at MS for half a minute? You can just keep the meter running. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Oi! Move your hunk of junk! (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A rush hour scramble through the busy streets of Prague Rock, in which Nick and I, desperate to make it uptown, will weigh our options of musical transport from the bunker bus to the glasscock carriage, and eventually settle for riding the tall train, pressed up against the warm sporin of Ian Anderson. Every station a song, every line an album, until we have crawled painstakingly, inch by inch, Home to the green neighborhood of Jethro Tull. Yes, indeed. Where our wives will berate us for being late for dinner. <laughs> you smell like alcohol and perfume. It's Ian Anderson, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, hello. Hi. Hi, Omen. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking Tull to and with you another week here on this beautiful Tuesday. That's right. We don't have anything to get into Tall Skull wise, so so let's let's dip a little bit into a little more lore of the album, a little more explanation, let's, maybe. Let's remind ourselves what album we are looking at. Very good point. We are still looking at Too Old to Rock and Roll. Not even halfway through just yet. No, in fact, we're on the fourth song today, which is Nick Taxi Grab. We are on taxi grab. Ooh, grab that taxi. We are- <laughs> but I want to get into a little bit more of the story itself. As we know, this was originally intended to be a rock musical. Yes. We get a lot more explanation. If you have the actual physical album in front of you, there's a great big old comic. Yes, turn in your tall hymnals to the inset. The, the only page. Just open it. And... <laughs> And we'll get it. We'll get more into that a little bit later. 
with the little dogs in midwinter action there. But ultimately, our story, the overarching story that will that sees these bits and pieces of music is that it follows the aging and retired rock star named Ray Lamas, who's winning money in a quiz show. He then tries to commit suicide and wakes up years later to find out that the Grease fashion has returned. Mm. Although much of the album concept is only explained in the cartoons. So it's, it's, a, it's a rough concept, really, unless you have that reference material. Which everyone who bought the album when it came out in 75 did, of course. Very true. There's no reason for them to foresee something like CDs or MP3s or anything like that. You know, it's sure. you, you listen to the music, you've got that material right there. And there are changes in the plot or in specific details between those cartoons and the music. So it's it's all a little take it with a grain of salt and and really just enjoy each piece for what it is. Yeah. And ultimately, Ian Anderson has said that the point was to illustrate that music may go out of fashion just like everything else, but if you stick with it, it will eventually be back. Hmm. And in addition to that, he says that it was inspired by the rise of punk music. Interesting. Yeah, punk was mid to, to late 70s. Yeah, I think punk was, was coming, coming in right around Absolutely, then. Absolutely, yeah, coming in hot. Yeah, and, and some media has actually said that it's not necessarily inspired by the rise of punk, but it was their attempt to get in on the punk movement. But hmm. that is that is merely conjecture because... I mean, look at the next album. <laughs> yeah, and it certainly doesn't have a punk sound. No, not really at all. Fun fact about that artwork, which we will get into more in a later episode, mm -hmm. but just a little teaser regarding that. The credited artists on that cartoon that you just referenced mm -hmm. are Michael Farrell and Dave Gibbons. Okay. Farrell had done art for Fleetwood Mac. Oh. And Gibbons worked with Alan Moore... On Watchmen. Wow. What a get for tall there. I know. That's impressive. No wonder everybody dies at the end of of the uh of the <laughs> of cartoon. The <laughs> <laughs> um and you know, it's also not the the only comic strip album pairing in the history of rock and roll. No. The frontman of Mercy Fate, sorry, Merciful Fate, King Diamonds fourth solo studio album conspiracy also has a cartoon there's a lot going on in that in that sentence yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I literally have no idea what i was saying <laughs> i just i just read the words there was a bit of a jumble there it's fine yeah, it, yeah it, my brain just turned off to someone it means something so, let's hope you actually just triggered a sleeper cell and and <laughs> caused great <laughs> havoc i think <laughs> Well, anything else that we want to talk about before we get into the song itself? I don't think so. I don't have anything. I think I think anything else pertinent may come up as we discuss, but I think we could jump right into this taxi. I think we could grab this taxi and, and get on out of here. Let's hail a taxi, jump into it, and pay our fee to drive off into the sunset. That's right. And ask the driver to play... A little bit of just Tall. <laughs> do, you have, do you have an aux cable? Can I plug this in and listen to this? Can I just please? plug this in? It's not. It's it's like it's just like pretty cool stuff. It's great. It's only a couple minutes long. I just really need to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, I just need to listen to this entire Tall album. <laughs> just weeping and crashes into a, a fire hydrant. Right. And with that, let's have <laughs> let's go. A listen. <laughs> Hello. 
Let us consider that taxi grabbed, Nick. Something's been grabbed. And I I hope it's just a taxi. <laughs> Once again, if we had an HR department, Nick. I'm, I'm so sorry. We would have to have the recording booth there because that's where we'd be all the time. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. I'm so sorry that you had to hear that. Well, so much to talk about here. What do you, what do you got? First, first thoughts, starters, Omen, how do you feel about Taxi Grab? Love it. Genuinely, really, really enjoy listening to it. Yeah? Yeah. It's one that I enjoy from a visceral level that I don't have to think about that much. Yes. It feels, it feels like a guilty pleasure. It's, it's, there's not a lot going on in this song in terms of depth. Not to say that musically it's not crazy in depth because it is, but, but you, you, don't, you don't need to sit and, and mull over Taxi Grab. That's that's right. You can, you, you know, can, if you can. want to, yeah. you can you can delve into it a little bit, but it doesn't feel like in order to properly enjoy this song that you need to go to a cave in the mountains with a bunch of old tomes and set up all night by candlelight studying it. Yeah. It's it's a dance break for the the musical. Yeah. Also, give me a B. B. Give me an L. L. Give me a U. You? Give me an S. S? Give me an E. E. What does that spell? <laughs> Blues? Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Okay. Move the E to the other side of the S. Oh, blues, yeah. Blues. Oh, God. That was embarrassing. But, yes, Nick, we have a return to the blues here. What a, what a funky blues number we got. So much fun. We we get a sense of it. We get a teaser of it right in that first guitar moment after we have Ian shouting taxi. Taxi. Yeah, the the it's the harmonica brings it in full force. We haven't heard funk like this in a very long time, it seems. We haven't heard harmonica in quite a long time. Oh yeah. I think it's been albums since we've heard any harmonica. I think that's fairly safe to say. Yeah. It's but it's just been riding around in in a coat pocket somewhere. Just burning a hole in, in Ian's trench coat. <laughs> I, wonder if he, I wonder if he still had the trench coat at this point. I don't think he's worn it in quite a while uh, performance-wise here. Yeah, I don't. I know that the cod piece started in War Child. I don't know if they, they swapped kind of motifs for this album because they're going to go back to cod pieces and, and silly renware for the next album. Well, I'm I'm glad that you actually brought that up, Nick, because we unearthed in our Tulkiology oh, a yeah. lovely performance video That's right. of this song. It's actually a double feature video that has Salamander and this song. I wish we discovered it last week because the Salamander performance is... <laughs> the dancer, <clears throat> that dancer just kind of like fading away in in the it's... foreground and the background. and <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's very 1970s in its shooting and editing style. There yep. is... There is a, a lovely solo female dancer performing the, what I can only describe as a 1970s version of Salome's Dance of the Seven Veils. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> we can, maybe we can put a link. Yes. I've already prepped the link to be dropped into the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. It's a couple minutes long. It's Salamander and Taxi Grab. It's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, yeah it is. But also really fun. Like also really fun to watch. Yeah, regarding fashion and costumes, Ian is wearing, at least in Taxi Grab, 
a leather greaser jacket. Mm, yes. So maybe that was, maybe there was that picture that they were trying to set. However, was it, was it John Glasscock? I don't know who, someone was in a top hat. I couldn't tell. I think that Glasscock was, yeah, let's talk about the costumes for a minute because it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Glasscock, I believe is in a top hat and some kind of generic 1970s loud suit. Mm -hmm. No. Um, Oh, no stripe suit. With no, with Jeffrey leaving, the, the zebra suit's gone. I forgot about that. That would have been inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. You you can you can pick up my base, but don't you dare touch my zebra suit. Yeah, John Evan is wearing an eye patch for the first part of the song, <laughs> and then takes it off for the second part. He's also wearing a captain's hat and a white sailing suit of some kind. He looks so happy. <laughs> He was a goofball. Yeah. It looks like he's having such a good time. It feels like they just opened like a high school drama department's wardrobe department. Yeah, and let them let them and just go pick whatever you want. Martin Barr is dressed suspiciously like Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> with the bizarre addition of some very fluffy fur white boots. And his his fluffy fluffy hair. His his fluffy hair, hair was so puffy back then. He's got the the suit that he's wearing has got these flared bottoms. He's sort of wearing apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. The whole club was looking at her. He hit the flow. Next thing you know, Martin got low, 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 low. Yeah, we're gonna put that in here. <laughs> he sounds so so tired. <laughs> no, it's we didn't we didn't do much references for the last the last episode, so this one's gonna be nice. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have that in there. So to have them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, the whole club was looking at her. She hit the floor. Next thing you know, Shawty got low, 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 low. So and then in addition to all that, Ian is of course wearing. His leather rocker jacket. And just that. His his leather bustier beneath his leather rocker jacket. Yes. And then, yeah, that's it. And and a lot of hair. So much hair. So much hair. It's I genuinely do love seeing them perform around this era. Yeah. Because I I mean, some people may argue, but they're really in their prime here. And it's so cool to see them with all of the energy, all of the excitement, putting everything into these songs that are new that haven't been played for the last 40 years. I think that for all of you listeners who were lucky enough to actually get to see some of these concerts from this era, just know that Nick and I hold an almost unbearable level of jealousy towards you. And if the technology ever exists, we will put a straw into your brains and suck out the memories in to our delicious taste buds. Yeah, I was expecting like a time machine thing, but I like the straw to the brain better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so check the show notes for that that link. Go watch that video. Again, really good, really cool to see. Back to the song itself. Ah, yes. I love our little opener here, that little kind of slider noodly thing right at the very beginning. That Yeah. That is... Oodles of noodles and oodles of fun. And based on the video, the video actually helps us clarify a question that we had had about some other songs and this kind mm. of sound for Martin. Mm-hmm. 
at least in the video, he's doing it all with his bare hands, with his bar hands. There's no, <laughs> there's no glass slide. He, it's just all on the electric guitar, and he's just doing it with his yeah, with his massive skill, with his 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 magical, his magical hands. Yeah, magic fingers. Mm-hmm. Very fun. We got a little little saxophone in there right at about one thirty. Just some toots. It's not even a full kind of melodic rhythmic thing. It's just like a point in the background. Oh, interesting. I missed that. I, th- I think it's I think it's sax. I, I could be wrong. There's an empty camp by the taxi stand. Drivers in the cafe washing his hands. We got some great bass. Lovely bass. The glasscock is really churning it out. Yep. Some ripping guitar. It's really solid electric guitar from Martin. It's great. It's a big change from from what we just heard, Salamander. It's it's really a, a flip of the coin. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I I cannot, I cannot fangirl enough about Martin Barr. Oh, we know, we know. You've tried, you've tried <laughs> to fangirl enough. And it's uh, my it's my not, body not can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing that that you know, song one song to the next. How how wonderfully different the sound is yeah he's showing that despite not wanting to listen to guitarists for fear of emulating anyone he is well i guess i wouldn't say despite of it because of that possibly he's really able to kind of create his own sounds and he's not he's not forming a martin bar sound specifically because he is showing how diverse he is it's like he's tapped into the the universal guitar energy that emanates from the center of our galaxy. Right, he's, it's, he's mainlining it right into a, in between his toes. Yeah. We never see a shot of Martin's feet. I just want to yeah. say that. Hey. <laughs> ha- yeah. Hashtag Martin's feet. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't go to martinsfeet.com. No, please, please don't. That'll, that'll put so many viruses on your computer. No, it's, it's dot, dot .org. That's where you want to oh, go. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> we, the, drum, the drumming is wonderful. We mm, have mm-hmm. this sort of repeated... Call, almost call and response, you know, between the guitar and the the drums. Yeah. We still have Barrymore on drums, right? We still do. Yeah. We still do. Good. I, I'm digging my Barrymore there. Not for much longer, I don't think, but we got Barrymore. Dig him while you can. Dig everyone. Get a little Barrymore while you can. It's time, yeah, the, the Barrymore is ripe. And speaking of ripe, Nick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would you like to hear a little bit about the name of the main character of our of our story here? Mm, yes. Tell me more about Ray Lamas. Nick, if you take the term Lamas and track it back to Anglo-Saxon, mm-hmm. you will find that it means loaf. Huh. Ray loaf. Or rather, Lamas means loaf mass, as in loafmas day. Is, Would you like to know a little bit more about what that means? You, so you didn't just make that up? No. no oh, no. okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Lamas tide is the is the time in the both the harvest calendar and the the Christian liturgical calendar mm-hmm. between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox. Okay. And it is generally marked by the first harvest. Oh, okay. And it was traditional to bake a loaf with some element of your first harvest in it and then give that to the church. 
Oh. So Lammas Day or Lammas Tide is the time of year or the day on which you bake a loaf and give it to the church, which and the loaf has your first harvest in it. So what does the church do with it? Give it to the... Eats it. Give, <laughs> the, the church as a unit eats all these loaves. It opens its church mouse, <laughs> mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, there was a big tradition of tithing to the church. I guess there are a lot of monks to feed and, and whatnot. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. But it's also, you know, sacrificial in a in a way. You know, the first the first harvest must go to God. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking in, in terms of, like I see the the tithe aspect to it, but I'm just hoping that it wasn't just like, all right, chuck these in the bin. You know, I'm <laughs> I don't sure, think so. I'm sure they fed the the fed the hungry and and the priests and monks and well, and it goes back, you know, to it predates the church, really. It's connected to the ancient agricultural tradition of celebrating the first harvest. Yes. Yeah. Now, how does that relate to our good friend Ray Lamas? He is actually just a loaf of bread. He's Spoiler alert, the end of the comic reveals that he is a loaf of bread with dreams. Paul Hollywood cuts into him and says, ah, it's overworked. <laughs> the, the crumb. I'm really disappointed in the crumb. <laughs> it's not your best work. <laughs> I think that it has to do with... I don't know why Paul Hollywood was Scottish for you and Irish for me when he's neither of those things. <laughs> neither of us can do his nope, accent. Nope. It's too, too subtle. <laughs> he's... N- He's northern? Is that it? He's northern, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's from my wife's family. He's part of England. <laughs> the part they own? Yeah. My mother-in-law is part of England. So I believe that this refers to, this is a clever Ian Anderson reference to the fact that that he is a little bit past his prime. He's not. Oh, okay. If you, if you take the, 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 the circle, the great wheel of the year, he's not in the springtime upswing. He is not at the solstice height of his power. He is... Beginning his downward mm-hmm. trajectory. Yeah. His fruits have already been harvested, and soon he will be a wintry old man. So it's it's referential naming. It's that, that classic trope. Shakespeare, I mean, the, the classic writers use Shakespeare, Voltaire, Pompey Bottom, yeah. Mosca the Fly, things along those lines. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Benvolio. Yeah. Mercutio. Tybalt. Now you're just naming characters. I'm just named <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Classic Shakespearean character. Yeah. Classic Shakespearean. So, yeah, a little fun tidbit there about Ray Lamas. Hmm. I like it. So going from there, yeah. why don't we talk about Ray possibly in the context of this song, i.e. the lyrics? Yeah. Before we do that, though, can we just I, – I, there's one little Martin Barr tidbit, a, a, a a bar bite. A bar, a, a bit of bar for you. A bit of bar that I want to talk about. Toward the end of the song, they have this amazing false ending. Yes, yeah. In which Martin does these exquisite harmonics. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Which could very well be the end of the song, but then it drops back into that heavy blues content with the harmonica coming in full force and it's just is so lovely and i love it yeah we've seen this a handful of times now i think it's safe to call it the classic tull rope-a-dope skidoo there of oh we're not quite done yeah just a little and it's more. very performative you know if you look at yeah. the if you look at the video and if you have any kind of an imagination you can see how well that would work in a live performance oh absolutely yeah you tempt you tease the audience saying like oh yeah this is the end of the song 
Just kidding. We're going to do a little bit more. Yeah, for those who know the song, it's all about the anticipation. Like, oh, here it comes. For those who don't know the song, it's like, oh, yeah, surprise. And then it, and then that wall of harmonica just plows you in the face. Ah. Mm. Mm, yep. It's getting warm in here. Takes you back to college. So now, now let's let's <laughs> go to the lyrics, Nick. So nothing... Nothing terribly in-depth here, I think. Well, I no, nothing terribly opaque, I would say. Okay, opaque. Yes, thank you. This is a commentary on Rush Hour, living in London, Rush Hour, and the experience of it, having a variety of options of, of travel, trying to get anywhere. And I think in terms of having Ray, Ray is now able to afford a taxi mm. which in some cases it c- could be considered a luxury as opposed to using the tube or the bus well and if we follow the trajectory of the plot of this album he has come down to london to do the quiz he's mm-hmm. won the quiz mm-hmm. and he's in london you know maybe for the first time in a while yeah right and so there's a sense of you know small town small town kid overwhelmed by big city just a just a small town ray just a small town Ramas loaf, Lamas loaf. <laughs> Shake a leg, it's the big rush. Can't find a taxi, can't find a bus. Bodies jammed in the underground, evacuating London town. Shake a leg, it's the big rush. Can't find a taxi, can't find a bus. Bodies jammed in the underground, evacuating London town. So it's it's just the the imagery, the feel of just packed. Side sidewalks just filled with people trying to get somewhere. Have you ever been stuck in that kind of rush hour in a big city, Nick? No, thank God. I would probably uh, have a panic attack. Yeah, you probably. <laughs> it does remind me a lot of pre-pandemic New York City. Yeah. Around five o'clock. Yeah, right. There is a sort of sense of communal spirit about it. I, I was going to say communal joy, but it's it's more, it, it, it transcends any kind of human emotion. It's just this raw surge of activity and release and frustration and delight. There's an animalistic like herd aspect to it where all minds collectively click into one unit and it's it's just... Yeah, it's like an anti. Uh, yeah, it buzzes in the back at that lizard brain, and everybody's just like, got to get to where I'm going. Got to get to where I'm going. If you look at it too closely, it doesn't make any kind of sense at all. And if you zoom out a little bit, it's it looks like it's almost like a human body, all the blood cells just, mm. you know, bumping around each other. And eventually they'll get where they need to go and do what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Give me the, <laughs> gives me the, give me the creeps just thinking about hey, it. A little bit like it. You know, if it's. It can be enjoyable to be a red blood cell getting shunted down an, an artery. Well, you've you've always been a city guy. I have had more. I have adapted more to the city. Yeah, fair enough. Than I thought I ever would. And and a good pair of noise canceling headphones makes all the difference. Yeah, I suppose if I were thrust into it, I would eventually get used to it or die. But or di- I, I tell you what, a stiff drink at the pub before you hit the subway makes all the difference. There you go. Yeah, as well. And those headphones. Yeah, that would be a lifesaver. So, tea time calls. The bingo halls open at seven in the old front stalls. How about a taxi grab? Hmm. Tea time calls. The bingo halls open at seven in the old front stalls. 
tea time calls. Tea time is what, like four? Four-ish? Well, I think that tea time is an old-fashioned way of talking about what we would call dinner. Oh, okay. So I, I believe that that is a reference to, you know, you got to get home for dinner. Okay. Afternoon tea is 4 p.m. Yeah, but that's but that's quite a formal thing. And right. I think that in this context, tea really refers to the, the first after work meal. Yes. Perhaps some of our Anglo correspondents could write in and either confirm or set us straight on that matter. Yeah, we're not we're not talking high tea here. We're talking a, a more colloquial representation, I guess. Yes, yes. Oh, tea as the evening meal. Here we go, Wikipedia. Ah, uh, <laughs> thanks Wikipedia thanks, for doing Wikipedia. all of our research. Yeah. <laughs> the term tea is often used among the British working classes, uh, I... particularly those of north of England and South Wales valleys, oh. Oh, oh, as signifying the main meal of the evening. There you are. This use of the word is also common in Australia. <laughs> Other than the name, the meal is not different from those eaten as dinner or supper. Uh, I, it's, it's, I just can't, can't keep it straight. <laughs> I know. Yes, correct. So, yeah. Now, what about the bingo halls, Nick? The bingo halls open at 7. In the old front stalls. Mm. Is bingo hall a euphemism for something? I don't know. You know what this makes me think, Nick? I, I, I feel like there is some bit of London taxi culture that fits into this hole here that we are not getting, that we are not privy to. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a... A whole culture of the taxi drivers in London, they, they have these private tea shops that, they're on, that only they are allowed into. Mm-hmm. I know that stall is a reference to a taxi thing, but I don't really understand it. So it could very well be that it's not just that the travelers are rushing, but even the taxi drivers are rushing to get done with their fares so that they can be at their evening thing. Okay, so maybe a taxi... Stall is a taxi stand where they're queued in an area waiting to pick up people. Yeah, it could be, or where they return on their breaks because they do. They do mm-hmm. have that. It's like the you know, unlike I think in New, in America, the taxi drivers in Britain, I believe, have regulated system a regulated system of, of breaks and sure. And it could be that there's some kind of you know game or entertainment at at certain hours there. But again, this is very speculative on my part. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the next verse, if we get to, I think it's a little clearer. Okay. There's an empty cab by the taxi stand. Driver's in the cafe washing his hands. There's an empty cab by the taxi stand. Driver's in the cafe washing his hands. Okay, so taxi stand there, stall referenced up above. So they may not be the same thing then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think the stand is where the taxi waits to pick up passengers. Yep, okay. Big Diesel idles, the keys inside. Come on, Sally, let's take a ride. Big Diesel idles, the keys inside. Come on, Sally, let's take a ride. Sally is the familiar of Salamander, which we've learned from the cartoon is actually a character. He sees a woman named Salamander, called Salamander, walking by, and that that song is, is addressing her. It's talking to her like I believe my theory was last week. Put a little a little point in the Nick margin there. Yes, 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 yes. You are right, Nick. Very well. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, come on, Sally. Let's take a ride. So this that salamander leads directly into taxi grab. Let's let's go steal this taxi. Yeah, right. So Ray Lamas gets in, 
and has her get in the back, as according to the cartoon, mm-hmm. and they go uptown. According to the cartoon, she's invited him to a posh party, and mm. he's he's taken her up on it. Yeah. And then the cartoon has them checking each other out during the during the ride, and he <laughs> comments rather liberally upon her breasts, and she debates whether or not she should or could sleep with him considering that he is from the lower classes. Oh, this feels a little hunting girl. Hmm. Hey. Interesting. So that the final line of that stanza, flag down, meaning he's putting the flag of the taxi down, in, thus indicating that that it's taxi not is not in service, right? Yeah. They had uptown, no sweat. For rush hour travel, it's the best bet yet. Yeah, steal, Just, the, if you steal a car around, and drive up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uptown, I believe, refers to, I think it's Kensington where her, where her party is. Mm, okay. Kensington Hayes? Hey, it's all coming together. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So taxi grab is not, hey, let's grab a taxi as in hail a taxi and lawfully pay to be driven up there. <laughs> it's it's let's let's grab a taxi and, and scarper. Let's get out of here after having stolen a taxi. I cannot begin to wrap my mind around the legal consequences of stealing a taxi. <laughs> Well, I mean, if nobody catches you, there are none, Omen. I, that's, I'm trying to get away from that, that okay, kind of okay. thinking in, in Fair my, enough. my later years. Fair enough. I, I can appreciate that. Nick. Omen. So this was intended as a musical. Correct. The album was released in 1975. 76. Minstrel was 75. So would you like to know about some of the musicals that opened... In 1976, on the West End. Sure. That's cool. Yes. Musicals and shows and uh, straight plays that opened on the West End in 1976. Okay. I Do, I Do at the Phoenix Theater. Okay. Heard of it. Have you? I have, yeah. Oh. The Lady or the Tiger. Definitely have not heard of that one. Mardi Gras. Wrote that one. That actually ran for 212 performances. Not bad. Goodness. Very Good Eddie. <laughs> classic. classic. Ran, ran for 411 performances. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Side by Side by Sondheim. Ooh. 781 performances. Well, anything Sondheim is usually pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Some less successful ones. Ride, ride. Leave him to heaven. Lisa of Lambeth. Irene. At the Adelphi, ran for almost a thousand performances. Wow. A chorus line. Definitely heard of that one. Ran for almost a thousand performances. I thought these were less successful ones. Uh, I were back in the successful ones. Oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> T. Z ran for 38 performances. That's Ooh. Ooh. T. Z. Let's, let's kickstart that bad boy. Get that back up. up. On the on the stage, Bet Jamina ran for seventy eight performances. Cindy Ella or I Got a Shoe ran for. <laughs> this is so painful for me to say twenty nine performances. Yes, Cindy Ella, bring back Cindy Ella. And the Point ran for forty nine performances at the Mermaid Theater. Awesome, that's what Too Old to Rock and Roll would have been up against. Yeah, I think it think it would have been. 
Probably somewhere in the middle. Fairly average. As All Music Review called the album, one of the minor efforts in the Jethro Tull catalog. Mm. Yeah. I think we should look up reviews for... For Cindyella. Cindyella, yeah. <laughs> no, let's get let's get back to this. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so Nick, there we have uh, most of Taxi Grab. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty fun romp, isn't it? It is. It really is. And and in terms of lyrics, it's it's all just a, a repeat of the first stanza and the word Taxi Grab nine hundred more times. Yes. It's good. It's fun. I like the story. Again, it's really simple. There is a little bit more in there after we we really looked at these pieces and broke it down. It makes a it clarifies it a little. It makes it more than just a little kind of throwaway song. It's it's telling a part of the story. And as with all the best Jethro Tull songs, the music contributes to the to the narrative. You know, the music mm-hmm. really, even if you take out the lyrics, does have this sense of rush and yeah a frenetic energy yeah and almost a bit of you know transgressive getting ahead in a crazy world right that particular tuning of that harmonica whichever that kind of bluesy kind of almost tinny sound feels like traffic horns to me yeah it does so it adds to that that cacophony that oral soundscape that they're really building in this story of rush hour yeah both on on the sidewalks in the streets in the tube in the sheets even Uh, yeah (laughs) at least in the mind of our hero rush hour in the streets taxi grab in the sheets have you ever (laughs) stolen anything to impress a love interest nick i've not no I I was raised Catholic. Okay. Great. So the f- the fear of Jesus was in me for the first 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 bit of my life and by the time that wore off I just it was just habit. I was just a good person at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. just deemed stealing is not a good thing. Sure. That's why the same reason I don't lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a lot less interesting than I uh, hoped. Omen, have you ever stolen anything? To impress a love interest. Only hearts, Nick. <laughs> the hearts of my enemies. No, actually, I have... I did once sneak... Is this past the statute of limitations? Can we... Are you Are you legally safe to, to admit this? Whatever it is you're about to say? It was in a foreign country, so I, I think that, you know, that's, okay. that, that helps as well. They can't extradite you, yeah. They can't extradite me. I did once... I guess you could consider this stealing. I snuck once onto... A Tuscan property to harvest some mimosa flowers for a girl I was interested in. Wow. That is the most romantic sentence I think I've heard in a very long time. Tuscan oh. villa, mimosa flowers, <laughs> roofies. <laughs> you, you didn't say that part? I no. did. It all ended badly, uh, if, you're, if you're wondering. Oh, okay. Yeah. That girl was not your current wife, so exactly, but, or your your past wife for that matter. You've you've only had the one. I, true, but but she did like <laughs> the flowers. Okay, so I mean, at the time, success. Yeah, and I'm and I'm fairly sure that the the Baron of San Fabiano never missed them. <sighs> he he did not take stock of his flowers that evening, so you you got off free. There you go. Did she? Did she, was she aware that you you risked life and limb? To procure those flowers, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think she was, yeah. That's, that is a, a tale as old as time moment. Indeed it is. So, Nick, anything else on Taxi Grab? Not a thing. Not a thing. Well, what are we listening to next week? Next week is the final track off of side A of Too Old to Rock and Roll. It is a bit of a downer, a bit of a bringing everything down to a mellow tone. From a deadbeat to an old greaser. Make sure you take your antidepressants before listening next week. Do not have any red wine. And until next week, <laughs> Nick, you know what would impress this young lady? Oh, what, what's that? If you stole into the firmament and collected some stars that are not yours and gave them to us on iTunes. That would be really, like, seriously impressive. Yeah. It's really cool. Throw five stars onto, onto Apple Podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Boom. Boom. Totally impressed. My panties would be on the floor. Just dropped. Just thinking about it, I may not even put panties on. <laughs> It's, it's laundry day anyway. So. <laughs> Until next week, I am the reformed Omen Said. I am still angelic and pure, Nick McGill. Together we are dynamically dubious, feckless moms. <laughs> and this is the lesson for all to learn from Talk Tell to Me. Welcome, my son. Thank you, Father. Um, it's it's been six weeks since my last confession. I have okay. sinned. I have sinned deeply. I have a lot to confess. All right, and in your own time, my son. Okay. Um, well, last weekend I I stole a taxi. Okay. Theft. All right. Theft. Yeah. I uh, I drove it. I drove it uptown because I wanted to go to a party, and then I I abandoned it. I I may have scratched the hubs. I don't know. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll lump that into theft. But okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I have I have I have lusted. Okay. I lusted over several several women that I saw at work. Okay. Um, Coveting thy neighbor's wife and yep. ass. Several okay. several men that I saw at the post office. Okay, coveting thy neighbor, right. and Carry and also a, a very a very provocatively posed mannequin in the Macy's window. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. I I became angry at the television and shouted a lot of profanities. Okay, wrath. Yeah, no. yeah. No. I said I said cock nugget. Uh, okay. All yeah. right. Um, cock nugget. Yeah. I said, I said, wang breath. All right, we'll we'll just lump lump it into profanity. I don't think do you, we need a, a full you list. Of, you, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and this, worst of all, this is really this is really hard to say. When you're comfortable. I listened to every episode of Talk Tall to Me, which is, as you know, a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. <laughs> Please forgive oh me, Father. Oh my. I I need a young priest and an old priest immediately. Mm-hmm.